0: Logical Progression, Year 3, Chapter 12, Lesson 9. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa wa Alright, so the question that we ended with, which I wanted you to think about is, there is a sister who is in the midst of her period and she then stops bleeding, right? But she normally gets a white discharge, okay? And um, the she normally gets the white discharge. But it stops bleeding and she hasn't had the white discharge. The day. Yeah, the day is irrelevant now. Yeah. That's the key. The day is irrelevant. You can put any days in now. She I'm normally 10 and it stops at 8 normally six stops at four it doesn't matter the point is the bleeding has stopped okay and she normally gets a white discharge all right so if the um, if she's not used to actually getting the white discharge okay then what do you think should happen she's not used to getting it, she's not used to getting it. She, stops. she stops what she does ghusl and she carries on. Good. If she is, if she doesn't really get her white yeah. she doesn't. Then she doesn't stop. She keeps on her period, and she waits for the same number of days. Normally, if she is consistent on her days, and after day six, she will do ghusl and she carries on. Sheikh Uthameen in his fatwa, he said. ...that if a woman always gets to see her white discharge... ...she has to wait until she sees the white discharge. That's the basic thing that I wanted to say to you. That's to me until the, until the last day uh, of the, the, of the um, um, average time. Yes, if... ...her regular period is super regular. Yanni, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's always six days, for example. She's always ten days, for example. Many yeah. months, years has established that yeah. Then yes Yes, yeah. <laughs> so keep going until you see that Yes, until yeah. So that's the, that's basically Exactly what the fatwa has been given Exactly yeah. what the statement of Aisha is <coughs> But you yeah. see what's Why is it a fatwa, not fiqh yani, uh, I mean All fatwa is fiqh but I mean, yani, Why is this not so uh, Straightforward, it's not straightforward Because the blood is definitely stopped If the blood stops, then she's pure. Okay? We've said that. If the blood stops, she's pure. But here now, we're entering into a very specific kind of point. Yeah? And that is that if a woman, um, as I said to you before, menses ends in two ways. And that's the key to understand. With this white discharge, and that's for the majority of women, and we're going to find out now what's happening, yeah? Yeah, it's been posted, Yeah? Yeah? So, have everyone answered it? We we'll posted it last time, i it now, so... Go on, then get the results, so. huh? Okay, I'll Okay, so... Uh, so, if we are right, and we believe that the majority of women see that white discharge, okay, then you have to wait for that white discharge. Because that's your norm. And the fact that you're not bleeding is just part of that dodgy kind of, you know, menstrual cycle going up and down or whatever. Yeah? Whereas if you don't ever see the white discharge then the only thing you can go by is the stopping of the blood. And the stopping of the blood here is not something was just kind of general stop, but they would then have, as the, the female companions used to do, which is to insert the cotton and see if the color has changed. I just want to also say something very important, okay? It does not mean it has to be absolutely white. 100% white. Yes. And the reason for that is because... No, no. I need to be, you know, uh, uh, Allah knows best about this. Um, I mean, you know, this is something I've been thinking about for a long time, but I don't got any evidence for it. I don't think that the cotton that that we think of today is representative of what cotton was at that time. That's what I want to say. When we think of cotton, we think of cotton balls, lovely, perfect, white... Soft, whatever. Whereas that's a processed yarny yeah, product. Whereas their cotton literally is a very simple yarn, and not. Uh, uh, my, my my doubt is whether there's some bleaching involved yeah, to make it super white. Okay, is it? Well, they wouldn't be at the time. No, no, now. No, no, no. no, I think no so you can know. get natural kapas, yeah. for example. Huh? Of kapas. Kapas? Yeah, like like the cotton, you get from, can get like. What's kapas? whichever the cotton can come from as well it's, it's a plant and is that absolutely white? from what I've seen, yes mm. so maybe then that's why I don't go by my, you know, don't make <laughs> that's why I keep some things to myself <coughs> hey, you can get to sleep at night oh, no. no. <laughs> 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 you think about buy <laughs> a lot so, uh, like ha, ha ha ha, okay I was going <laughs> <ready for, what? laughs> to go, what? customer thinking about Kansas will lie, I thought, what? Don't pull out on Kansas on me, bro. It's supposed to keep me going, man. I ain't slept for donkeys, man. I'm just thinking Kansas. <laughs> Literally, it's been a countdown. Five hours left to Kansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I can't. I'm gonna hit it so hard. I'm gonna hit you so hard, Kansas. Oh my god, no. Come on, let's get these results up, Shaz. Gus, man. Yes daughter for her eczema yeah. is not white. It's not white, huh? And it's hundred percent cotton. And it's okay. not white. And it and over time over it, it goes white, even more yellow. No no it goes whiter. Oh. Because of the washing and the bleaching from the sun. You see my you know what my theory was gonna be, right? My theory is gonna be that the cotton at their time wasn't white and so therefore um, the illa is not that the discharge is white, but that the cotton doesn't change. Do mm, no you think the cotton was yellowish? That's my that's my my point. Are you thinking of the Egyptian cotton and all that? No, I'll be honest. I'm thinking of sheep. To be honest, <laughs> 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 you know, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's a very simplistic journey theory. To be honest, you know, it, I, I should do some more research in my theory. Look into whether they had yarns, they had mills, are they, are how that they used to, you know, share the cotton and use it what did cotton actually mm-hmm. consists of. Mm-hmm. Isn't well, it see the, it's the it's red, red spot in <coughs> the color rather than the... No, no. I think it's a change, a significant change in color. Is it, so are they, are they looking for... You it, yeah. I'm just saying, the um, world comes from sheep. No, the world comes from plants. <laughs> comes <laughs> from plants. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Wait, yeah. wait. Is it wait. Uh, 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 (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't mean cotton wool Uh, uh, cotton is a bud Which is easier to get from a sheep I don't mean today's cotton uh, wool I don't mean... I know I'm stupid, I'm not that bloody stupid This is the plant, yeah? Oh, that's that's pure white I I hope that's not the one My theory is dead if if that's the one Yeah but anyway i mean that, that, that that's not the point the point is the the point is this the point is this is that what we're looking for is stopping of blood so as long as you know there's no kind of blood being shown no uh, traces then that's the second method and remember mental everything holistic as well yeah go it, it becomes does it become a factor if uh, that woman usually has the white discharge and for some reason the, the, she doesn't if, get it if she doesn't then does it become a fatwa in how long she has to wait until Correct, it? correct. Exactly that. Exactly that. That's the that's the question that's being asked. There's a woman, she's regular as clockwork in her days, regular as clockwork when it comes to the white discharge. Somehow, the white discharge um, has not come, but the bleeding has stopped. So that's strange, she's saying. So what's happening here? That she's regular, so then... Yeah, so you, there's bleeds. there's two days now. We're just assuming this two-day period. Mm-hmm. What's happening? And Sheikh Uthameen gave the answer That she, she needs to wait to see Qasatul baydah She needs to wait for that white discharge Now this is in the case of someone Who always gets the white discharge If she doesn't get So there's two questions that follow on from that then What then, okay, she does get the white discharge So what if now her period is six days And now we go to seven days What about if we go to eight days So here we're going to have to use Environmental, holistic kind of thing Does she feel like she's still inhaled Or is it not if she goes, no, that's it, man. Hate's hey, gone, thing is gone, then khalas. We're not going to go over and above and beyond to seven and eight, whatever. So if she stops at the end of the sixth, or even stops on the seventh, it's cool. She make a judgment call. Do you understand? Is there still pain at the end of the, the mentored? I don't think... It, uh, 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 guys? Is, no? I think, you know, guys, is always girls, man. Come on. Yeah? Can be I'm, I'm and right, stuff. isn't it? It's like a peak at the, just before then within, and then it starts to rapidly drop, yeah? So then the question that, that the bus is asking is that is there really a holistic way of determining it towards the end? Huh? Yeah. <coughs> it comes back to the cotton, <coughs> the, uh, the, the women, what do they say? That's why I'm asking yeah. it, pack. Say <laughs> <laughs> so it comes back to, like, not way you match uh? it, Not, yeah, only 100%, yeah? <coughs> yeah, I mean... So that's why of course the scholars put so much emphasis on you know, if it goes more than the then you know you ignore it, whatever whatnot. Now that's easy if there's continuous bleeding. But if there's no bleeding it's like a reverse of the situation if you know what I mean. Yeah? We don't need yet or not. Yeah yeah. It's not much to go. It's a small sample. Where's everyone? Gonna go and sleep. Just one second. So 9 don't see it, 13 often, yes, so the majority see it, okay, we agree, 75%? Yeah? Well, no, that's not even right. What's the difference between often and yes? And Thirty-two. You don't know the difference between often and occasionally? <laughs> no, often <laughs> and yes. Yes, yes often always. And yes. yes, yes is always. Oh. Right, so... Uh yeah I think uh I think yeah I think um we can say the majority anyway can't can't we we can comfortably say that the majority see the white discharge so that that, that, that that's helpful okay but then you do have quite a proportion of people that don't that don't see it or yeah. see it occasionally and they're guessing and so we say very clearly to those sisters that do not see this all right the first and the most obvious thing that you go by, okay, is the fact that is there blood or not? That's Tamiz. That's our Madhab. Yes? Can you distinguish Yani? Does the bleeding stop? The bleeding stops and the, the story khalas. Alright. The second is your ada So if the blood has stopped, and we're talking like, you know, it's kind of spotting, spot that's what happens, it reduces and the spots, spots, spots. Spot. It's not like gushing out at the sixth if your sixth your seventh day. It starts to reduce, 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 just like we can see the uterine wall. Yeah, the, the idea is that there's less there, and obviously it comes less, 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 less. And so the idea would be that there are, there are even though the, the more psychological and more the, the, you know, the holistic signs might not be there, but what you're seeing is showing that it's on the way out. It's on the way out. So you, you, you're seeing a good, clear sign of that. And so um, if you can't distinguish clearly when the blood has stopped, then you go back to what your normal period is. And if you know that it's normally seven days, then on the seventh day, bang, you, are, you make your ghusl and this out. And again, I want to remind you, and again emphasize, and I've done it all, once already. This is ishtihadi matter. No sister must be worried or stressed over this. She makes a judgment call. And so what? Yani, You get an extra shower out of it, so what? <laughs> yani, you do the extra shower, okay i'm obviously being flippant but i mean you know yeah but i'm 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 being flippant to try and emphasize the shari point okay because it will cause some kind of mission stress whatever but there's no doubt but what i'm saying is that you what will you do you will make ghusl you will attempt to pray you will do this and then you'll bleed and then you think oh i called it early and so then you will then stop and then the next day it will end and that it really is the end of your period and then you make another ghusl and this is only yani what happens all the time. That's the sunan of Allah subhanahu wa taala in play with his female servants. خلاص, yes. Okay, yeah. Are you laughing at the comment, Sorry, <laughs> sister goes. Are we going to get a, a year exam on this? I hope. I hope we don't. And it seems that the brothers are more engaged than the sisters on this <laughs> topic. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you've got a normal six day woman, on the fourth day the bleeding stops, but you get the um, yellowish grayish discharge. Yes. And that continues on to day seven. Then, what, how do you deal with this? When you're saying the yellowish grayish discharge. Ah, <coughs> right. Um, so, that depends upon her normal length. Six days. So, if she is six day, then that's considered to be part of the the period. Okay, good question, right? Yes. He said that you are a six-day. Yeah. Yeah. Six-day period, normal. Okay. And it's all regular, all normal, all regular, all normal. And then one time she stops... No, no, she doesn't stop bleeding. You want to say she stops stops bleeding? Does it happen at the same time or is it only... I don't know, man. I'll check next time. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Oh my god. How did we get through this? It's amazing. We did it. Well we nearly well we really haven't done it yet. We just, nearly did just do it Yeah, do job. it first, yeah, do it first. Yeah. <laughs> so so um uh, uh yeah, so because she has it's, it's a very clear uh, period, six days, okay, then it's as tab to the actual fact that it's happening with the menstruation. It's part of the menstruation itself. And even though it's not so much blood or no blood even. Yani because it's within the, the actual period. Then it's the end. And obviously you're looking for that white discharge to, to, terminally, to terminally you know, close the period. And if you don't normally get white discharges. Then it's the stopping of that kudra Sufra. However, this is the interesting part. Let's say you don't get a white discharge normally. And let's say that white discharge carries on for another one or two days. Then it will be considered to be istihada or any other normal vaginal excretion. Okay. I want you to remember that istihada is a very general term, as we're going to see right now. It doesn't just mean blood. It means anything which is coming out of those passages on a continual and irregular basis, which would normally uh, break your wudu, which would normally break your wudu or make you cause make you do ghusl. All of the things come under that and so does this Qudra and Sufra and so does the irregular bleeding and so is the irregular other secretions of God knows what that is all under the category of istihada okay, yeah, go Just as, uh, for, um, is it better to call the end of your period early or follow Aisha radiallahu has advice and wait till you're absolutely sure you uh, wait until you're absolutely sure absolutely nothing you see it makes a good <coughs> sense that a person is thinking oh I've got prayers which I'm missing <coughs> no if you normally get a white discharge you wait for your white discharge, no problem. And I'm saying that, you know what, it might take a little bit extra. It might even go to day 7 if you're a 6 girl, yeah? It might go to day 7, but you you, you know you always get the white discharge. So you don't blame a girl who on day 6 doesn't get her white discharge, because I always get the white discharge. So you wait until the day 7, and then if it doesn't come after that, then you know, alright, I really am not getting it, Okay. And even if a person said, no, I think it might come, might come, and then day 8 enters, and it didn't come, then she prays. Okay? She starts to pray. Does she make up those prayers? This is a question that was asked to some of the scholars, and in my opinion, she does not make up that prayer. In how long after... You- uh, 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 that, by, by the way, that was, I, I was asked the question, does she make up the prayer for that day of doubt? No, because it's not a day of doubt for the prayer itself. She made a decision on it. Yeah. How long until um, she can decide uh there, there 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 is no there i mean there's no answer to that question how long can she keep going and waiting and waiting because as we said the signs are minimal when it comes towards the end okay especially when you've stopped but the the answer is this is that if you have a regular period then it shouldn't be anything more much longer than the regular period because if you don't get the discharge you see it's a lot easier to stop after than it is before So, if you always get the white discharge, then you should get it at the end of day six, correct? Mm -hmm. So, then let's say that you're thinking, oh man, I'm not getting the white discharge, what's happened? So, then you enter into day seven, and as the hours are going by, it's like, I'm not getting the white discharge. So, here, your action item is to now insert cotton, whatever it is, and see if there is absolutely no blood. If there is absolutely no blood, then that's the second of the closing of menses. Yes? Yes? Now, you might say, until when do I do that? Well, you might you wouldn't do it on the sixth day. That's my point. The reason you wouldn't do it on your sixth day is because you've got no reason to do it on your sixth day. I'm waiting for my white discharge. So, on the seventh day, you waited. It might have been delayed for some reason. You Okay, you gave it a little chance. But now on your seventh day, I'm like 10, 12 hours late, 24 hours late. There's something wrong. And you check, and there's nothing there, and then you're in. Kholas. Yeah? Um, now, when you uh stopping early is a much bigger matter, and that's why we are more careful and so on. Yeah. Uh, the same question that people asked that if it's become a habitual thing to get that brownish, milky discharge, because that becomes very common towards menopause. Yes. Sleep. Yes. So how do we deal with that? Because because actual bleeding just occurs for a few days. Yes. Even just for a very short time. Yes. But so That milky thing continues and happens like every month. Right. So. Can you, so. Can you please yeah. the question? So here. the question the question was, what happens that when the the kudra and the Sufra i.e brown and yellow discharge becomes the regular norm which happens at, at a later age and uh, in your periodic cycle it becomes part of um yeah, I mean, it is part and parcel of the actual period itself every single time and the blood is less and that is that is more how do you deal with that? Number one, we go back to white discharge. Okay, The white discharge is king. There's a nos on the matter, it's a text. Okay? Once that happens after, then you never have to worry about it ever because it always means that this is part or parcel of the, of the uh, Okay, Because the white discharge is happening afterwards. However, if white discharge happens after the bleeding, that's the end of the period. There is no possibility that we can include brown, yellow, any and any discharge even if it's directly the next day or the same day that occurs after the white discharge because the white discharge is the end of the period and that is when you make your ghusl. And everything after that is seen as something which is breaking the wudu and nothing more. It's seen as istihada and that's why you would make istinja and make wudu every time it occurs. So, this, this is when you have the, the white discharge. So, if the white discharge happens after the white, the, the yellow and the brown, then you know this is part of my menstrual cycle. It is me. This is my menstrual cycle. End of story. Simple. If you uh, always see after even two days bleeding, or spotting, or whatever, the white discharge, and then regular as clockwork, every single month you get three days of yellow and white discharge, yellow and brown discharge, it is not part of your hayad. You must make ghusl at the white discharge because that is the end of the hayad. And what's coming afterwards is associated bleeding, uh, 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 abnormal bleeding, XYZ bleeding, whatever. That should cover the majority. Now if you ask me a difficult question, which is, I don't ever get the qasatul bayda. I don't have the white discharge, never had the white discharge, neither either, neither before. Then that's a difficult scenario and we have to make a judgment call. What would that judgment call be? It would be, let's look at the last couple of years, whenever I have a period. Is my period a six-day period of discharge of where the first part is blood, and then maybe there's some yellow-brown mixed up, and then yellow-brown, and then never after day six do I ever see the yellow-brown. And never do I see a stopping of bleeding Completely and never have I seen a white discharge then it would be acceptable and Allah knows best to consider that to be your period This is my period because there's no divider Which would show and so therefore the whole thing is taken as a as a norm. However, if you have had periods before where you bleed all the time for only two days and three days or whatever and You don't get a white discharge And then suddenly you get a yellow and brown discharge after three days, and the bleeding has stopped, then we do not consider this to be Hail. It will be considered as irregular bleeding, istihada. And that's the the position. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Now listen, we are falling behind. So we need to now do some serious book work to get the actual text finished, otherwise we're going to be stuck. Okay? (laughs) We've got loads of questions. I mean, like, bucket loads. What's up? I was just saying the same thing. Yeah? Yeah. So, all right, where are we now? Okay. Wal mustahada. All right, good. We have three paragraphs left. Three big paragraphs, okay? Uh, But the problem is is that we have a paper to go through. Anyway, a woman with continuous abnormal uterine bleeding and the like, and the like, you see, all right? So this is now referring to incontinence. This is referring to a continual discharge, which is not blood, but just a yellow fluid, or a red fluid that's not blood, or a murky fluid, or, or clumps, or x, anything. But it's <coughs> continuous. It's continuous. That's the point. Okay? Alright? What does she do? She washes her private parts, and she tightly binds them, now, obviously, remember, when tightly binding, we're talking, basically, she's kind of, you know, padding herself up, quote-unquote. And back in those days, there was no such thing as what we have today. Today is like crazy, okay? I mean, feminine hygiene, that's what it's called, isn't it, yeah? Feminine hygiene products, yeah. That whole market is like multi-billion. Yeah, I and mean, it may be even to the hundreds of billion market, yeah? And... Um, you know, men probably think of a, uh, 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 what's it called? Tampax or whatever it is. Simple kind of nappy shaped pad or whatever. You know, that's their, that's their frame of reference and they think of it. But what they're not aware of is tampons, for example, which are very super absorbent material, which are inserted into the vagina and they soak up everything. And obviously you can imagine in this kind of society where a woman wants to do everything, blah, blah, blah and wants maximum kind of freedom and maximum kind of flexibility because as you can imagine a pad is far more restrictive than a uh, tampon and obviously, you know, in terms of physical uh, whatever if their women are used to showing their aura and whatever in these kind of societies then they don't care and you know, pad is more obvious and more bulky and all that kind of thing so the tampon is inserted and it soaks up and then you've got the third behind a big craze which is big time these days which is the menstrual cup, okay? And these menstrual cups, and uh, I saw thinking of the NASA also. I don't know why you sent it to me, but yeah, but um, it was a sick link that you sent to me. Okay, a menstrual cup basically just is a very is a flexible silicon kind of uh, 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 cup, basically a cup, right, which is very flexible. It's folded in, it's inserted into the actual vagina, and it collects directly the menstrual blood. It creates a, when it opens up, when it springs open, then it, it basically it it, it uh, creates like a soft seal with the cervix, okay? And so it's basically blocked the whole kind of uh, the, the, the the whole um, vaginal orifice, basically, yeah. And the amount of pressure that it puts is just enough to make sure that the blood shouldn't leak. That's the that's the whole point. And it collects it, and then it can be then removed. And that's the problem, of course, that it needs to be removed and emptied every, you know, I don't know, 6, 24, 12 hours, blah blah and then it's washed. And that's what causes the difficulty, the cleaning and the washing of it. But this is a lifetime product. I mean, people can keep this, like, for 5, 10 years, whatever, and, you know, that's how it works. Um, huh? So, no, 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 I'm talking about normal one, okay? <laughs> but then, my man here, he's hooked up next level one. He's hooked up one... Which is controlled by your iPhone. <coughs> <laughs> oh my God. What was he doing looking for in the phone? I don't know bro. <laughs> I, ain't yeah. got a, I ain't got a clue, man. I don't know what kind of thing oh he Googles, yeah. But you know what? It's a sick Googling that is, yeah? So he Googled something and he's come up with this basically his cup and it's got the sensor in it. Right? So it's inserted. And on your phone, you know when you watch the video, the video of you know the woman, she's so funny, yeah? She's like, you know, you know that standard kind of tampon advert, you know, doing a swimming and a riding, yeah. What is that? And you know, and every time that she she does like one action, she has a casual look at her phone. What's my menstrual yeah, temperature looking like? Okay. And then the idea is is that the phone tells her, the app tells her that it's this full now. Now you empty it. It um, it's <laughs> it is you still got more time left on it. Um it is, uh, uh, the temperature is going up or down, so it's probably time that it's nearly coming to an end, and all this kind of behavior. <laughs> it's crazy, man. And you know the way she's dealing with it? It's like she's checking an email, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, this is quite normal, me, I did you knowing what's happening. That's something, the dunya is amazing. What people think of. You know, subhanAllah, let me tell you something interesting. Uh, you know this kind of like, mm-hmm. new kind of... Uh, um, <laughs> era era of innovation that we're in is directly a result of kickstarter and crowdfunding so once the initial once the initiative of of crowdfunding was created <coughs> these people have been empowered like never seen before you know people actually realized that what was impossible for them to see out their dream in terms of an idea they go for it and Dragon's Den and all these kind of, ad, you know, programs... You know, subhanAllah, in Pure Pesa, when I teach Pure Pesa, I use Dragon's Den so much. Okay, to prove the contracts, the deals, and whatever, whatnot, yeah? Dragon's Den is also a program, which is also a game-changer, by the way. A big-time game-changer. Because, you know, I keep telling I keep telling my uh, Pure Pesa students, if you want to see Islamic finance in action, it's all Dragon's Den. Okay? It's all Dragon's Den. Alright? So, um... What I'm saying is that that was the kind of 10 years ago, the idea of, 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 that was the motivation. So 20 years ago, the motivation was that unless I've got someone very rich as a very close friend, there's no chance I'm going to do this. Yes? Okay. And then 10 years ago, there was, you know what? There are some people out there that might be, you know, like an angel investor. You know, I might kind of go to a company and they might give me the money or I might hit something on the BBC and, and do it. And then crowdfunding from a few years back means everyone can play their dream. As long as you can sell the idea, random people will put in the money in their millions. Over the all over the world. It doesn't matter. They don't care who you are, what your colour, what... they are inspired by an idea and they'll, they'll go away. And you see all this crazy stuff. You know the hoverboard, for example, the segues, for example. There's something I've been looking at when I'm buzzing over it. But I don't have the guts to do the hard work for it. It's a beehive which basically has a tap on it. <laughs> yeah, what a sick shot! <laughs> Listen, you know what? You want to go like... Shut <laughs> up, man! <laughs> okay. I'm in my zone here, talking about you my, got, my got, dreams so and this and that, whatever. i to go to finish the darts. I'm talking about my dreams here, right? <laughs> so, you know, you know, if you've ever... Uh, if you've ever uh, 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 involved in beekeeping... Or you're ever involved in honey production... I mean I mean, natural honey... I mean that's where it's at... And I'm, I don't have to sell it to you the importance of the bee... I mean sunnah and deen and everything... And for the world... The bee is like where it's at... Once we keep these bees alive... We keep ourselves alive... The bees die, we die... It's simple as that... Okay... And then honey in terms of natural... SubhanAllah honey can be used... Honey if you guys knew... Just for food... For health... For uh, nourishment... As a medicine as a physical antiseptic and antiviral, antibiotic. Unbelievable. Yeah, and Unbelievable uses for honey. And the problem is it's a flipping bees, isn't it? So obviously, you know, uh, the normal way is that you have these bees flying, millions of them, whatever, and they're in this thing, and then you, you create the honeycomb, and then if you want to get it out, then you've got to, you know, put all that baguas on and then go in and grab it out, all his angry bees, and then push them off the thingy, right? Then you take it, and then you crush it, whatever, and you, you know, do all the manual, and then this, that, whatever. So there's this guy in Australia, him and his dad, 10 years they're working on this, and they created, and I saw it the other day, and I thought, man, I'm going to give you some money as well. Yeah? They created a new beehive, it's called Easy Honey, or Easy something, Easy Flow, Easy Funny. Yeah? 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 The video's everywhere, you know, everywhere. So... Um, they are looking to launch in, uh, uh, I think, autumn 2016 or something like that. And basically what happens is that the, there's no need to actually create a honeycomb. I mean, the downside is that you'll never have a honeycomb. Because some people really want the honeycomb, yeah? You yeah, know, the crunchy part, yeah? So from this, this, this system, you never have a honeycomb. The beehive has its own patented honeycomb structure. Remember, honeycomb is only because the bees enter it. <coughs> Do you understand? When they make it themselves, then you can then eat what they've left behind. But if these people, they created a plastic version, right, patented, so that the bees go in, they do their behavior, they make their, 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 their thing, and then they go out. And what you do is, all you do is turn the tap, and inside the whole honeycomb structure flattens. And all the the, the, the honey comes out, and then you turn it back up again, it's now a new structure again and then they go at it again you never have to look at a bee open the bees touch the bees see the bees you don't care about the bees they're getting stung and you just keep your honey turning your tap on off on off a day you're talking this big jar of honey oh, I was, I mean, eh? $300 I think they're planning or the first one $300 $300 for place the bees who's going to keep them by the bees I'd have a heart attack my neighbors would have a bigger heart attack. (laughs) What are we talking about? Technology. Technology. (laughs) So there's a person out there that's been sitting there thinking, you know what? I want to look at my menstrual cycle on my phone. So I'm going to put a sensor into my menstrual cup and yeah, bismillah, let's have a look. Amazing. Anyway. What are we talking about here now? Oh, right, a text, yeah? Okay then. (laughs) Deviate again or Kansas is out? Oh, don't say that yet, oh. I'm telling you now. Oh, that was, what are you, what are you like that for? Come on. Okay. So... <laughs> um, so, tightly binds them. So, obviously, back then, very primitive, lots of cloth to create whatever you can possibly can. There's a major fear, major risk of leaking, okay? In our days, we have the tampons, menstrual cups, whatever. It's very little risk. Back then, big risk. So, you always mention, you always hear this, yeah? Then they make ablution at the time for each prayer. And then they pray the obligatory and supererogatory, the nafal prayers, on that ablution. Okay? They pray it on that ablution. Is that clear, everybody? Yes? Okay. One is not to have sexual intercourse with her during istihadah, except if fornication is feared. Okay? Unless yani, they think that it is going to be, yani, some haram is going to happen... Then you should avoid it, and it is recommended for her to make ghusl for each prayer. They don't make obligation on that, but they're saying that she should, it'd be nice if she could take a bath for each prayer. Hardcore position that, okay? Imagine you got my girl who's like 10 days now just bleeding, and they expect her to have a bath five times a day. That's mental, isn't it? Really, I mean, that is hardcore. Even to make wudu and istinja five times a day is a mission, okay? Even that. And the little differences between the scholars is whether it should be for the time or for the actual prayer itself. So if it's for the... Uh, 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 and as the majority say, they say at the beginning of the prayer time. So if you do it at the beginning for Zahar time, then you've got that entire time then to read Quran in it, do your nafel in it, do your obligatory prayers in it, etc., etc., etc. And that is basically what this entire paragraph is saying. Now... Um, what we will say, okay, is she, uh, th- th- this is. <coughs> I just want to just add, yeah, so of some of the notes that you might want to r- write that she needs to wash her private parts, yeah. And sheikh Uthaimin says she must do that because Ghassal is the is the is the is is the basic principle. But if she has some kind of condition which is probably linked to this irregular bleeding, where she is not, but the doctors say to her that we don't want you to be washing this area all the time, all the time, because you know maybe the 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 lubrication of the vagina and whatever it might be affected adversely, and that's any quite possible as well. All right, okay, because it's so much then it is possible to use something like uh, uh, tissue and a handkerchief if there is need. Because Allah, because, the Prophet, uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and do not kill yourselves, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do not throw yourself to destruction. Surah Al-Nisa verse 29 and Surah Al-Baqarah 195. Yani yeah, don't harm yourself. You're not allowed to harm yourself intentionally. So that's something which is um, a, a point. Now the reason that this is an important this chapter uh, for everybody is that, this, that we will... Nahwa, similar to it, means incontinence, and everyone's going to get incontinent one day. Okay? And so we're talking urinary incontinence, we're talking fecal incontinence, we're talking the full words, alright? And so Sheikh here says, and whoever has urinary incontinence, Salasul Bowl, okay? Or Salasul Bowl, right? Um, He must wash his private parts. And whoever has excessive flatulence, meaning continuous flatulence, can't stop passing wind continuously or has IBS, which also causes the same kind of problem, then he doesn't have to wipe or clean anything because, of course, uh, wind is pure. Wind is pure. Um, now, what I want to say, okay... what I want you to listen to this part, uh, part here um she says he says and he must yani you know and uh, bind herself yani very very well and but but if there is a woman who is constantly bleeding okay but he has this important caveat from other than the two orifices what are the two orifices Front and back passage, okay, urinary and the anal, yes, okay. It is it is not obligatory upon them to make wudu, okay. Um, Ila ala kolman yara and a demel kathirian kudul wudu, i the karaja minis <speaking> sabi Wal rajah and the hula al wudu, le and al karaj bin a great sabi <foreign> lane, <language> i mean a karaj bin a la delilun ala and the lil wudu. وَالْأَصْلُ بقاء الطهارة يعني what he is saying okay is that um, that anything which is um, uh, the notifies of order and now then you to say this notifies your order you need to go bring an evidence <coughs> because you're you're in order unless you have evidence that you're out of order so bleeding from any other part wouldn't... Yeah. It, it, yes, basically when he's saying that a uh, wudu is not obligatory, okay? Okay, listen very carefully. This is going to be com- get confusing. and Now we're going to do the paper, okay? So I want you to listen carefully. Sheikh Uthameen does not believe that when, that, when the istihadah comes out, so we're talking irregular vaginal bleeding, which is not coming out of the ure- urethra, it's not coming out of the urine channel, it's coming out of the vagina. It's vaginal bleeding. He does not believe that that when it comes out, it breaks the wudu. when it comes out. However, he does believe very strongly in the text, like the humbleys do, anyway, okay. That when you want to pray, you need to make wudu for every prayer. But that's not because that it coming out breaks the wudu, but because of the hadith, which is a very famous one, which we're going to cover, okay. Which is that the Prophet ﷺ apparently told the companion um, uh, Fatima, I think it was to uh, make wudu' for every salah, make wudu' for every salah, do you understand that, yeah, there's two separate things here, so the wudu' that you, that not the Hanbalis by the way, Hanbalis, Hanafis, the, yeah, the majority of scholars, okay, they consider it obligatory to make wudu' for every single prayer, not necessarily, because it breaks the wudu. Some of them said yes, it breaks the wudu. It coming out, that's the reason. Others say that it breaks the wudu coming out, and because of the hadith to make wudu for every single prayer. Now, this is an issue that I had. This is an issue that I had issue with. Shaz, so just bring up uh, Imsos. Okay. Uh, yes, istihada. We're talking about istihada. So what we're going to do now is that we're going to go through this paper, okay? So you can transfer this. Okay, the first one, yeah. Yeah. The same one as the, on the PG side. Yeah. Okay. So this is edited, though. This is different. What we're going to do now, okay? What we're going to do now? What can we do here, Shaz? what do you want to do but well, I want you to put that on screen so the people on screen at home they don't need to now see me they can just look at this text because we're going to read through it okay um, you don't want to annotate or anything on it what, no because I don't want you to convert to the thing. you don't have the, the ability to convert so leave that okay um, I can't see anything though so that's just a problem why don't I bring this little thing over here and I'll go over here and I look at it like this oh no I can look at it here can't I yeah. why don't I just do that Honest to God, Shaz. Right. So what you're seeing on screen and what you guys are seeing on the TV here is um, an article or, 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 you know, a thingamajig. My response to a question that was asked to me and I'm going to read through it. This is part of our study. Alright, and this is an important piece of study. Okay? Um, So, a question I received a question, okay, from a person who basically said to me, "I have two problems which are giving me, you know, this this issue, and I would like, you know, to know, know the ruling. Uh, I have a medical condition which is suspected IBS, Irritable Bowel Syndrome. Now, when that happens, basically, you don't know what's happening. Sometimes you know, urine; sometimes constipation; sometimes diarrhea; sometimes yeah, any excessive flatulence, the full words. And it has got worse by diet and stress and all the rest of it." And the real issue is that I have excessive flatulence, excessive wind, constantly. Sometimes so bad that you can't even concentrate. It's very difficult. I mean, obviously, unless you suffer these kind of things, you have no idea what nightmare can be, okay? And it can happen at any time. Sometimes, not only can I not even keep my wudu, but even when I'm trying to make wudu, I'm breaking wudu. It is that bad, okay? Anyway, I heard the fatwa that basically people with these kind of situations only need to make wudu for every prayer, okay? <coughs> based upon this uh, idea of istihada, okay? And, um, but I just wanted to know a bit more about that. When actually should the wudu be made? Should it be made at the beginning of the time for the prayer? Or should it be made for the actual prayer itself or not, okay? And I want to know the positions of the four schools of thought on this. Uh, uh, connected to the same point is the question of combining the prayer. So if this fatwa of making the wudu once at the beginning time is valid, then is it then okay? So for example, if I make it at the beginning of Dhuhr, can I pray Asr at the time of Dhuhr? And I just have done one Wudu? Because obviously if you're making this Wudu regularly, it's going to become difficult. So we're trying to minimize the amount of Wudu making. So next one wouldn't have to be for Asr, it would be for Maghrib, for example. Or it could be for Isha, if it's allowed for you to uh, combine Maghrib and Isha at the later time, for example. So we're just trying to reduce it. Also, if one breaks Wudu during the Wudu, what happens then? Also during Ghusl, it is generally accepted that one does not need to make a separate ghusl after it. But it's very possible for me during the ghusl itself that I would break my uh, wudu. <coughs> okay. Now obviously we've covered that already. All right? We've said Yani, that the ghusl itself is its own wudu. And when you add wudu to it, then it's a much more complete, complete ghusl. But anyway, so what does this mean? Does this mean I have to fully perform ghusl first and then a separate wudu to after it? Or what? And the final thing is that when I make this wudu, what happens to my nifal? Can I, you know, do that? Uh, can I, can I do the nifal at the same time? The second question, the second problem that I have is that I pass urine. Um, I wait a while for all the drops to come out, and that is because I have a weak muscle in the pelvic area, meaning that everything does not come out straight away. It comes out in drips and drabs. And once I feel I am clear from urine, I wash. And however, there are some times where tiny amounts of urine will come out afterwards and I feel it and I know it and I've seen it and it is a form of inconstance which has been Yani, which has been medically confirmed and I've heard that Ibn Umar used to sprinkle water in his underpants and tell himself and that's not correct it's Ibn Abbas okay and tell himself that it was just water so can you know to basically take the waswas out so if you wet your pants with water and then you feel the wetness you're not feeling too stressed about the wetness of what's happening you're kind of saying no I did that so I'm not worried about it yeah um, and can you tell me? You know, can, 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 he's a tiger. Can you tell me? Can you tell me whether? Uh, what can you tell me? I don't know. You can tell me. Anyway, uh, I can confirm that the, this doesn't happen too many times, but the, and the amount is tiny. I tried to wipe the area with tissue. Okay, after istinja, so it is dry. But then Namur is then left in this, you know, state of doubt. I don't know what to do. Please also confirm what the ruling of this urine on the clothes will be. Yani, what will happen to that? Okay? So, this is my answer. And basically, I said that when you look back in the sources, you don't find, obviously, IBS, and you don't find, you know, incontinence so much. And so, we have to try and make a Qiyas. Okay? And the Qiyas to answer all of these questions is to answer the question of istihada. That is what used to happen at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, very prominent. Once we deal with that answer, we can deal with everything else. Does that make sense, everybody? Yes? So not only will we you will know, we'll deal with the situation of Istihada, but we'll be able to give answers for all the other scenarios too. So, um, what did we uh, find out? I mean, first of all, istihada. it is like a form of incontinence because it's involuntary. You're not wanting it to happen and it's continuous. And it's a flow out of the uh, passages. It's not obviously uh, the the urinary passage, but it is one of the passages in a way which is very very similar. Okay. Now, um, so does the blood or anything of istihada and anything else which comes out continuously and involuntarily invalidate invalidate one's wudu? That's the first question that we're going to ask ourselves. Okay. So the opinions are as follows: the Hanafi and oh, are you moving up, Shaz? Shaz, where are you, man? Where have you gone? Oh, come on, bro, man. Your mug's behind. Yeah. Up, 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 <laughs> up. No, up! What are you no, doing? Down! I'm in the answer, man. <laughs> the guy's still <laughs> well, that question. Down, then listen <laughs> 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 He was saying up, to be fair. know, <laughs> well, yeah, he was absolutely fine. I think he sat in Kansas, this, that, whatever, and he started like, dating ring again. Right. <coughs> I'm so looking at Kansas today Right So the Hanafi and Hanbali school What did they say? They said it is wajib Obligatory to make wudu for every prayer time Every prayer time At the beginning of the prayer time The Shafi'i school They said that one Must make wudu for the prayer itself Not the actual time Regardless whether that prayer Is one which is being prayed or time or not It doesn't matter If it's prayer at the beginning Or the last time But you make it for the prayer itself And then after that you can uh, prayed the Nafal prayers, you know, for that. That's not a problem. The Maliki school, though, and this is the fascinating point, they said it is not obligatory to make wudu' for each prayer. It's only something which is recommended. Now, because you've not seen the evidences for, you haven't seen the evidences so far, that's not saying that, sounding like a big statement. Okay? It's not such a big statement. But when you see the evidences, you realize that's a massive statement to not say it's obligatory. Okay? To not say it's obligatory. Now, Therefore, therefore, what the Maliki position is trying to say is that it would be, therefore be sufficient to do all of the prayers with a single wudu and to ignore everything which is happening down below. So imagine that. In the morning you woke up for Fajr, okay, and you are bleeding. You would make your istinja, you would put on your new pad or whatever, you would make your wudu and the rest of the whole day you would treat as per normal. All day as per normal, and you will continue to do salah and everything, and you are bleeding all the way, but you will still continue. You will not renew the prayer, you're not you will not be obliged to renew your wudu or to make ghusl or to make istinja sorry of your private parts either. The only time that you would do that, the only time that you would need to make wudu is when you, have when you break it because of something else. Yeah. So, if you went to sleep, for example. Or be- because the idea is that's, volunt- uh, that's involuntary, that's vol that's uh, what is that? yeah. involuntary, yeah. And now I choose to voluntarily break it. So the involuntary I've got no control over, and this now I ha- you know have marital relations. I go to sleep. I do X. I do Y. I have broken my wudu, yes. So I must now make up for that by making wudu. But the actual condition that I have is not obligatory. Now that doesn't sound so strange, but now you're going to see why this is a big position. Dahi discourse is absolutely obligatory for every prayer, whether it's Fard or nafil. Every prayer has to get the thingy. That's such a literal taking of the hadith as you're going to see. Now these are well-known positions, okay? Ibn Taymiyyah, he was asked this following question and I translated it all. Ibn Taymiyyah was asked, There is a man who when starting his salah, he will pass lots of wind, to the extent that he might make wudu' four times or even more. And this will continue until he completes the prayer and then the problem will stop. And then he will not pass wind thereafter until the time for the next prayer has arrived. So he's not sure what the reason for that could possibly, possibly be. But is it, is it perhaps because of his extraordinary concern for remaining in wudu'? And this continual wudu is becoming very difficult for him and he doesn't know any, whether he has a valid excuse or not because of the doubt surrounding the fact that he only seems to get the problem during prayer times. He doesn't feel comfortable praying with just a single wudu. So there's a lot of kind of you know uh, psychological stress on his head. Why is this happening when he's praying? And it's happening yani, in large amounts. So he said, yes, this person, he has a legal excuse. The same legal excuse as those who suffer from istihadah or salas al bawl, which is the incontinence. Or the one who has constant wadi, uh, okay, this uh, 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 prostatic fluid, okay, or madi, <laughs> or a wound which will not stop bleeding, continually passing, continually, whatever. The one who is unable to maintain his state of purity for the length of a prayer should make wudu' and then pray, and he is not affected by anything which may happen during the prayer. And his wudu' is not even invalidated by that according to the consensus of the scholars. There is a consensus on it. I'm going to stop there. You know that you heard that they have to make wudu'? Yeah? Yes? Does that contradict this statement? No. Why not? Because in the prayer. In the prayer. Very good. Okay? There is a consensus that once you have made that wudu' either for the prayer time or the prayer, then whatever happens in the prayer, it doesn't matter. Because you've done exactly what the Prophet ﷺ said, which apparently is... To make wudu' for every prayer. So therefore they've done that. It doesn't matter what happens in the prayer now. It's covered. It's covered just like when you make wudu' at the beginning of the prayer time. And all of that time you are bleeding. It doesn't matter. So it's covered. Okay. The difference of opinion is whether you need to actually make the wudu' or not. Okay, That's something else. Anyway. So in actual fact. The most that is being upon him. And this is interesting as well. The most that's being upon him is that he has to make wudu' for every prayer. So he does follow that position apparently. The scholars debated concerning the one who suffers from istihada and the one with urinary incontinence and others like them, such as those who pass wind excessively and those with other rare conditions. Okay, Malik said that the state of wudu' is only broken by an invalidator which is occurring at a normal rate and fashion. Basically, it is only invalidated when you want to invalidate it for some kind of normal reason. Not a abnormal, uncontrollable, forced upon you reason. That's what the Malikis say. But the majority of scholars such as Abu Hanifa, shafi Ahmed bin Hanbal, said that he is to make wudu for every single prayer, all for the time of every prayer, as we've seen already. This is because what have been narrated by the Imams of the Four Sunan and a number of Hufad, and hadith scholars have authenticated these reports. Therefore, the most apparently correct of the two opinions of the scholars is that one should make wudu for every prayer or for every prayer time. That's even time's position. As for that which might continuously exit during the prayer itself, then this, not, this does not invalidate the wudu by the consensus, as we've said. And it has been established in the authentic Sahih of Bukhari that some of the wives of the Prophet ﷺ would pray and blood would be dripping from them. And so a pan would be given to them so that the blood would drip in it. I want you to imagine that. Okay? It is also established in Bukhari that Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab prayed whilst his wound was still pouring blood. And indeed, this happens from the Muslims all this time up until now. Always praying whilst they're bleeding, like Ibn Uthaymin mentioned yesterday. The scholars have also debated the excretion of that which is impure from other than the front and back passages. Okay? such as when wounded, or in a or during hijama, or during a nosebleed, or whilst one is vomiting. The madhab of Malik and Shafi'i is that these do not invalidate wudu, whereas the madhab of Abu Hanif and Ahmed is that they do invalidate the wudu. and, the, and as we've covered before, if it's a large quantity, quantity which shocks you, you get really surprised, well, that's a lot. Yeah. They also debated the touching of a woman, uh, of touching of women, sorry, or touching the penis, does this break the wudu? Abu Hanifa said it doesn't. Where Shafi'i said it does. The Malik Malik said that there's a difference between touching with and without de- desire, and there is a difference of opinion reported from him whether this, uh, 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 whether the same applies to the touching of the penis. They also differed in their reporting from Ahmed as well. But one of the positions related from him, from him, is the same as Abu Hanifa that none of the above invalidate the wudu whereas the other two narrations from him are the same as the positions of Malik and Shafi'i. That's very common. We find narrations from Imam Ahmed which contradict one another. So the Salaf then... Okay, we don't need that part. Blah blah. What seems apparent from all of these types of actions is that they do not break the wudu, but it should be considered, recommended to perform it. If anyone doesn't make his wudu, then uh, his prayer will still be valid. Whoever does make wudu, then this will be better, because the evidences for this are spread all over this work. But it should be noted that all of, um, uh, uh, sorry, let me just think. It should be noted that all of the scholars insisted that any najasa also be removed from oneself. So, for example, if some blood, some blood comes to be of an amount greater than a quarter of the area in question, which is quite a large amount, okay, then this obligates its removal according to the majority of the ummah. Yet. Despite this, we know that if a wound doesn't stop bleeding, such as what afflicted Sayyidina Umar, then he is to continue <coughs> praying as per the consensus of the scholars. This is regardless of whether one feels it, like you know, break the wind, or it is said or it is said that it doesn't break the wudu, regardless of whether it is a large amount. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't burden a soul more than it can bear, and fear Allah as much as you possibly can. And the Prophet ﷺ said that if I order you to do something then do of it as much as you possibly can. So whatever the slave is not able to do from the obligatory acts of the prayer, then these are a pardon for, from him. And he is not to delay the prayer from his rightful time. And so on. Okay. Um, and he is not to delay the prayer from his rightful time. Rather, he should pray within its time. However, he can, but it should also be noted that it is permissible, according to the majority of the scholars, to combine between two prayers for a valid reason. To the extent, and this is very well known in the humbly madhab, that it is permissible for uh, the sick person or the one who has istihada to combine her prayers. <coughs> this is the humbly position, very well known. <laughs> At, all At all times during that istihada and that sickness and illness because of the similar excuses per, as per the correct position. This is because when the Prophet ﷺ, he recommended for the woman suffering from istihada to combine between zuhr and asr with her washing herself just once because this is for the excused one. So there's actual text on this matter. This is also regardless of whether one combines between two prayers using just one act of purification. So that answers the question that he was asking, that can I make my, one wudu at the beginning and then pray two prayers? Answer yes. Yeah. And the, is the qiyas made there for other types of incontinence? Yes, absolutely. Based upon this though, this is the asl. Okay? And, uh, and yet, then still nothing bleeds from her during the prayer it is still permissible for her to combine according to the correct position of the scholars that's a very important statement that by the way because once you are under legal excuse it doesn't mean you need to be bleeding every five seconds does that make sense you are a sick person you are an ill person you are in a uh, excused position and your excuse continues with you all the time because you are in a certain state It's not like, ah, because I might have a good hour, I might have a good night, so no, you have to go back to normal. No, you have been given an excuse and you can keep it. And that's an important point. Likewise, the sick person can combine as well as using only one wudu if the making of the one wudu for every single prayer will make his condition worse. But it is a must that the prayer is performed within his correct time, either by normal ablution or by tayammum, which is permissible if there is no water available. Okay, likewise, the sick person who prays sitting down or lying on his side doesn't need to repeat anything either. And likewise, the one who finds himself naked, such as the one who is shipwrecked or one who is robbed of his clothes, such a person should pray naked and there's no repeating of the prayer as per the concept, as as per the concept of the scholars. Uh, Move on, move down, move down, move down, move down, move down. (coughs) Okay, Allah knows best. Okay, so I said there that the reason I wanted to translate this entire fatwa was so that everyone who reads this understands that there's more than just the fiqh issues here. There's a greater kind of uh, concept as well. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to create ease for the people and that there are principles there that shouldn't allow a person to repeat acts of, of worship and so on and so forth. But the real issue is the evidences. And it should be noted that despite all of what has been said, this is now me speaking, okay? Um, my position is... That the madhab of Imam Malik is the correct position, which that one's wudu is not broken by involuntary acts such as flatulence or uh, uh, excessive flatulence or IBS or, or incontinence or istihada. If you want to understand why, you need to look at this detail. This is the hadith in Sahih Bukhari. It's Sahih Bukhari. It's no joke. And you need to look at the Arabic. Hadithan Abdullah Ibn Yusuf Qala: "Akhbarana Malik." عَنْ حِشَامِ بِنْ عُرْوَةِ عَنْ Abihi, يعني عُرْوَةِ بِنْ Zubair, his father and Aisha on the authority of Aisha that she said okay that Fatima bint Abi Hubaysh said to the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رسول I am a woman who never becomes pure Yani, I'm constantly bleeding should I leave off the prayer? Yani, do I just stop praying because you know what's happening? so the Prophet وسلم, said This is only bleeding from a vein, it's not menstrual blood. So when you have your menses, stop praying. But when it is complete, then wash the blood away and begin praying again. Nice and simple, yes? Everybody happy with this hadith? This hadith, as I've said, has 100 different chains across all the books of hadith. The majority of them through Urwa ibn Zubair from his aunt who is Aisha radiallahu anha. But well, we have another version of this hadith in Sahih al Bukhari. This time it is narrated to us by Muhammad ibn Salam ibn Al Faraj, who said, who said that Abu Muawiyah narrated to us on the authority of Hisham ibn Urwa, on the authority of his father, who is Urwa ibn Zubair, on the authority of Aisha radiallahu anha that she said, Fatima ibn Abi Hubaysh came to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, I am a woman who suffers from istihadah. Listen carefully and read carefully. And I never become pure. Should I leave off the prayer? The Prophet said, No, that's bleeding from a vein, not menstrual blood. When you have your menses, stop praying. But when when it is complete, then wash the blood away and begin praying again. Hisham then said, My father then said, Then make wudu for every prayer until your menses start again. Then make wudu for every prayer until your menses start again. Now, this is where we can start our discussion. The main reason that the scholars differed over whether the blood of istihadah invalidates one wudu or not is because of this statement of Hisham. Hisham, the son of Urwa, the nephew of Aisha, or the grandson of His, but Urwa the nephew. Okay? In this extra statement by Hisham, in this extra statement, what time is Bakri? We won't know. No, in about uh, 26, 2 minutes. 2 minute. Then Adan, and then, you know, 26 to Adan, I think. 26 to Adan? Mm-hmm. You got another 4 minutes. Basically. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look. In this extra statement by Hisham, my father said, then make wudu for every prayer until your menses start again. Okay? <laughs> Something which was said by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself. Okay? Yes? Is this extra statement? <coughs> Is this extra statement? My father said, then make wudu for every prayer until your message starts again. Is this something which was said by the Prophet And therefore it's marfu'l? Meaning it's raised to him as a hadith. Or is it just a statement of Urwa himself and thus it is mawquf Malkuf meaning the statement of a companion. Okay, a statement of a companion. And next, is this narration continuous to the Prophet ﷺ, And Thus, Mutasila, which is a condition of an authentic hadith. Or is it something which is missing key narrators and thus this is a statement which is Muallaka. yani مُعَلَّق, it has a gap in the chain, and therefore it should not be considered to be an authentic hadith, even though narrated by Bukhari. And if we assume that this hadith is indeed marfu', then is such a prophetic statement to be considered preserved, mahfouz, yani with the system, or is it to be considered odd and contradictory, yani shav, to other more authentic narrations? Okay? So when something goes against something more authentic, then we have to see, is this the odd one out? If a hundred narrations say one thing and then one says something else, we would then have some suspicion. To investigate this further, we see that this hadith in its main is reported by Hisham ibn Arwa from his father, from Aisha. That's what we see, this hadith. Nearly all the time that is reported. As from Hisham himself, then many narrators reported this hadith with only small differences in the text. Okay, Some variations mention this above extra statement of making wudu for every prayer and others don't. For example, one path for the Isnad using the authority of Abu Muawiyah from Hisham does have the extra statement about making wudu' for every salah. But then they differed from Abu Muawiyah with some narrators reporting the hadith without any mention of the extra statement and some of them narrating the hadith with the extra statement being stated clearly as if it was a statement of the Prophet ﷺ, Meaning that the part that's been taken out is, Hisham then said, my father said, you understand? So that's been taken out. And so a person hearing it reads it as an entire one hadith. okay? And then finally some of them reported the hadith with the extra statement being confirmed specifically as only a statement of Urwa. Others who narrated this extra statement include Abu, Abu Hamza as Sukari and they differed from him as well. Other major hadith scholars have also narrated this extra statement but they didn't mention that it had to be for every salah for example one of them says wash the blood from yourself make wudu and pray so just as making ghusl from the condition only once is considered sufficient it is not required each time for every salah according to that version and the same goes for wudu as well as per the wording collected by the two above muhadithin. so afan anyway there's something else right okay So these are in total the main scholars who narrated this extra increment. But they were opposed by a large number of narrators who didn't report that extra statement. And this is the key here, the people who didn't narrate it, we consider them to be the kings of hadith. This is the issue. Malik didn't report it. Waqiyah ibn Jarrah didn't report it. (laughs) Yahya bin Sa'id al Qatan, the Imam of Muhaddithin, didn't report it. Zuhair, Suf- Sufyan bin Uyayna, Abu Usaym, Abu, Abu, Abu Usama, Laithi bin Sa'ad, Abd al Harith, Abda, Muhammad bin Kinasa, Ma'amar, Ja'far bin Aoun, Ad Abdullah bin Namir, and Sa'eed bin It It is therefore no surprise to find that when Imam Muslim narrated this hadith, and Nasa'i, and Al Bayhaqi, and Abu Dawood, they all ruled that this extra increment. Of making wudu for every salah is actually daif. That's why they themselves said, as well as Ibn Rajab, when he was making his commentary to Sahih Bukhari, he said, and he's not Maliki, all right. He said the correct position is that the wording of making wudu for every prayer is an extra addition in the Hadith from only Urwa himself. Ali Karam. Plus, guys. we close <coughs> in 15 minutes.